Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. You know, we're, we want to be known as the best team in the state, and that's what we got to prove. I'm sure we'll see these guys down the line. Uh, you know, they're a great team. We came out today, we played strong, we played a better game. We were the better team today. I'm very happy with, you know, obviously the score, but most, most importantly, you know, uh, coming out with a debut and, and, you know, laying claim to the number one seed in, in the FCI. So that's, uh, and, you know, winning another Eastern Division title never gets old. Senior year, um, it's fun. I mean, pressure's off, school's off. The most I have to worry about is showing up to practice on time. That's about it. Coming out here and playing in my game. So, 15 and one is not that bad. I'm thinking. So, all good. I tell these guys the only guys that are going to beat us are ourselves right now. That, that's how I feel. I've, you know, I have all the confidence in the world that these guys can get themselves excited to play. They know what they have to do. Um, like I said, it's. It, it's pretty easy to coach these guys. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Long Stick Podcast, your weekly dose of high school across in Connecticut. And we have finally reached the post. Actually, finally. It feels like we just started the season, but we have finally reached the postseason. Uh, the FCX are going to get underway uh, this weekend. We have all you know, the SECs, which are set. We have the SWCs, which are set. We are, we're just about ready to, to figure out who is in the and where everybody is in the state tournament. It's an exciting time time of year, and we still have some big games coming up just to end the, the, this week. So lots going on. I am your host, Sean Patrick Boley, uh, alongside my cohort, Michael Fornabio. Michael, how are you? Hanging in. How about you, Sean? Oh, just hanging in? Are you mm. excited? I'm excited, sure. <laughs> you don't sound it. You feel it in my voice, don't uh, you? Well, yeah. <laughs> the, the, the long-term joke with Mike Fornabio, uh, for people who don't know, is Mike is very understated, very, you know, you don't get a lot of rise out of Mike, unlike myself, who's, I'm like all over the place crazy. And anyway, so uh, yeah, yeah, great. Uh, I really, I'm excited. This is this is the postseason. Let's, I'm fired up. We saw some very interesting results this week. Uh, obviously, Darianne New Canaan, we heard at the top of the show. We heard from Bruce Ferguson. We heard from Blake Seller. And we heard from uh, head coach uh, Jeff Braymar after that really just defensive effort. Uh, in a 12-4 to 4 victory over uh, their arch rivals, New Canaan. I was stunned 
by that result. And uh, and then, then you also heard a little bit from uh, the guys over at New Fairfield who uh, are going to be the top seed in Class M. You heard a little bit there from uh, their their great goalie. Their, I love this kid. <laughs> you heard a little bit from uh, their goalie, Brennan Hart, who's all fired up. He's got no no worries except just I got to play lacrosse. That's it. That's all I'm doing. I'm all fired up. It's 15-1. I'm, it's just, he's just great. And then, of course, we heard a little bit from uh, Marty Morgan, who said basically the only team that could beat us is ourselves. I mean, they know they're the favorites in Class M. They know they're the favorites in the SWC. Uh, so it's just about uh, them getting back to that that final and winning another state title. So uh, they're not saying it's easy, but uh, they know that, that the only, their worst enemy is themselves. So um, I, I don't see anybody beating them if they play their game. Um, same goes for Darian and Class L. As for Class S, well, uh, joining us a little bit later on the show is going to be the, the, the current runaway number one seed in that tournament. Uh, Ken McCarthy, the longtime coach up at Summers. You know, you, you talk about a guy who's just pretty much done it all in the cross. I mean, at a small town like Summers, which really has embraced the sport, it's, you know, you, you talk about some of the top programs in the state. Summers is certainly one of them. They've won, I think, five uh, state championships. They, they won, they've won two out of the last three years. They did not win last year. Um, but they've beaten the likes of St. Joe. They've, they've been through the battles, and, and we're going to talk a little bit to uh, Coach McCarthy about that. We're really excited. They're there um, every year. Oh, every year, one after another. Every year, it seems like. I mean, especially the last few years, they've been on a great little run. But uh, let's just jump in real quick. Obviously, the big game, Mike, was Darian Nukanen. Um The defensive performance by Darian and that was stunning to me. I mean, I knew they were good defensively. Right. You know, I saw him play against St. Anthony's down there. Uh, St. Anthony's, which, by the way, just won the Catholic League the, the Long Island Catholics uh, division uh, were their rivals by a goal. Just an absolute uh, monstrous uh, game by uh, Brennan O'Neill, the Duke-bound junior attackman down there, who only scored, scored once against Darian. So you think about that. You go back to that game and you see that they held that guy in check. They didn't hold the other guys in check, <laughs> and that's what they took out of that. But everybody after that Darian game said that the St. Anthony's and the uh, Seton Hall prep losses really prepared them to, to face their rivals, and it showed. I mean, it was it was just stifling. It was it was stunning how stifling it was. You know, just some of those New Canaan guys who you've you're used to watching. Yeah, you know, just be creative. You know, just find find ways and 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 put up put up goals. And they didn't get a breath. No, all game long, one guy after the other. You know, we kind of talked about in you know uh, comment discussion in one of the threads. You know, <laughs> it's just like you know how do you kind of quantify it all? But it was just you know rotating guys on on Quentin O'Connell. Uh, just the close defenders were fantastic. The long stick guys were fantastic. The short stick DMAs were fantastic. One after the other, just perfect games. And anything that got through, <laughs> there's the sophomore goalie, is it? Yeah. Oh, my God. He did it again last night against Brunswick as well, by the way. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, Demopoulos. Just- yeah, Andy Demopoulos continues to just shine. At, you know, and as uh, Bruce Ferguson was saying, like, the, after the game, he's like, you know, his phone's going to be ringing off the hook come June 1st or whenever the uh, first contact uh, comes yeah. into to play for, for colleges. Uh, his phone's going to be ringing off. And phones aren't on hooks anymore, right? <laughs> phone's going to be ringing off its charger. How about How that? How old are we? <laughs> it's going to be ringing off. a rotary the, phone? Or, he's going to get text messages. I, I do not envy Andy Demopoulos uh, in a few <laughs> weeks. But, no, I do, actually. He's got a bright yeah, future ahead of him. Right. Really nice looking kid. I mean, obviously he, he's very humble. He, he you ask him about how how great he played, and he goes, you know, just talks about talks about his defenders and and 
there's a lot to talk about with their defenders. I mean, you have Sam Cragen, uh, Bruce Ferguson at the at midfield defenseman, uh, Blake Seller as a midfield defenseman, uh, uh, Strew, Tyler Strube in, in there. Um, you know, I just there's, there's so many. I was stunned. I mean, just and O'Connell did not score a goal for the first time since I believe the Wilton game of, uh, a month ago or, or thereabouts. I mean, there might have been another one there, but I'm talking about big games. Uh, he tried. He tried to get in there. They were just riding him hard. Uh, they did not let him. They did not let him breathe. We have a few uh, highlights of that up on the uh, up on our our website. We had a, we did a little video on that, and you could just see they're just. It was like man-to-man defense and and guys ro- rotating off of them. But when when it came down to the one-on-one matchups, O'Connell couldn't couldn't find a lane. And when he did, obviously you saw Demopoulos. I thought right. that was tremendous. And then talk about last night. So we finally got the, you know, it doesn't count. Right. Uh, it's it's an it's basically a glorified exhibition, but it's the but game. It count, but it counts. Yeah. Right. It's exactly. a game that they that we, everyone's been clamoring for. Uh, they just never had that opportunity. But since Trinity didn't have a program this year, uh, it, the opportunity opened up to play Brunswick. Brunswick, which, by the way, might as well be Darien South because there are five. There are what five guys on that team uh, who play uh, who are from Darien. Uh, so uh, it was like a little family reunion down there. <laughs> yeah, my, big pictures I, I, after the game and all that it was fun. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't go. I, I wish I could have made it, but I did watch a little bit on local live. What did you get take out of that game, Mike? Fun game. I mean, uh, Brunswick just kind of dominated on faceoffs for a lot of the game, which really kind of turned things. I mean, early on, we was, you know, a few turnovers, you know, kind of slowing it down, feeling each other out, and, you know, quick uh, back and forth in the in the second quarter. It was 5-4 at halftime, and then uh, Brunswick was just all over them in the third quarter. Mm. They, they, Darian just never had the ball. I think they had one early shot and one shot right before the buzzer, and I think it was, 19, what was it, 19-2 and like 13-0 on target were shots. Yeah, something you like know, that. You know, they were, they were just peppering Demopoulos. I mean, he was coming up with some big saves. And <laughs> right. But, this but, is but the, yeah. yeah, I think he made eight saves in that third quarter, but, you know, but that's where Brunswick kind of ran away with it. And uh, fourth quarter, they put they put Strube on faceoffs actually for hmm. late, and you know he started winning a few. And they kind of there were a couple man up goals, uh, a couple goals, you know, kind of coming off those faceoffs. And Darian got back into it. I think it was eleven five Brunswick, and then uh, Darian cut it to eleven nine. Yeah, finished. Darian had the ball late, and uh, so and a little Christian, Christian Barner, who who was from Darian, the Brunswick goalie, uh, made a made a save on uh, Henry Feifel. I think it was at yeah. the end, and you know, with about thirty five seconds left, and Brunswick ran the clock. Out. Right, that's how it ended. So. So uh, it did not disappoint. No, it was fun. And, the, and you know, I was saying early on, you know, the, the JV game was going on. There wasn't a lot of people there, obviously. And then, you know, you, you kind of stand there and you kind of look around later on, and all of a sudden the crowd's filled in. And it was it was a pretty nice crowd, you know, you know, ring, ring in the field. And, and the bleachers, I, I, we're getting full, I think, by the end. But, uh, that's, a gor- nice that's a gorgeous field, Cosby Field. That, uh, mm. it's, I mean, you're basically right out, uh, you know, Westchester. <laughs> <laughs> you can hear the planes. Yeah, you can hear the West because the, the airport's literally, like, yeah. across the border. Um, but that that field is gorgeous. It's a beautiful, yeah, it's you know. They, and they just yeah, put the turf. Nice. It's I, I went there and watched the football team play, which is really good last year. And mm. um, they've really done a really nice job. You know, I, you know, I like the idea of our top pro because lacrosse isn't like all the other sports. You still kind of have it's. I don't want to say infancy because look, we, we, this is twenty five years of CISC lacrosse. Um, it's been around a lot longer than that, and we're going into the seventies and 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 beyond. Um, but um, the uh, I I do like this idea of you know what we're, let's get our top programs together regardless of you know who you know if you get post grads forget it 
You know, it doesn't that doesn't feel right. But Brunswick doesn't. Um, they, ha- they they'll they'll reclassify kids at, at the prep school level. Um, but you know, it's a it's a top program. Their coach is a Connecticut guy, David Bruce. It was just it, finally get that done, and that was really nice. And they did not disappoint. So, uh, really good job. So Darien, you know, again, that you know, it's they play that game now. They know, you know, that's a that's a top program, and based on that, they're able to compete. Listen, they're not beating the teams like they used to, out of the out of league, out of out of state, so to speak. Um, but you know, you see what they did with Darien, uh, with New Cannon, and you see what they did in the Brunswick game. They they were right there with Brunswick. That's going to be a tough team to <laughs> beat. Yeah, uh, it's going to take a, a Roy Colesley esque slowdown, Some which I know. Sleeve, yeah. I know Darian's all fired up, maybe to play uh, Ridgefield again with a with a state tournament uh, somewhere along the line. The way it's shaping up right now, it looks like Ridgefield's going to be the one seed there, unless Simsbury, which plays Glastonbury today, Thursday, May sixteenth, they've won. 10 straight games, Simsbury, and that's going to be a, a huge matchup that, uh, with a team that's ranked. You know, no one said anything about Simsbury. I mean, listen, they haven't played the schedule like Glastonbury has, so that's going to be fascinating. But in theory, Simsbury uh, could lock up with Ridgefield, uh, but they got Glastonbury and they got Guilford. That's a tough way to end the season. They got to play at Glastonbury. But look, if you ask me right now, it looks like Ridgefield is going to be the number one seed in there, and then it, it looks like... Darian could finish anywhere. You still have Glassmere, which which has a game left, uh, and Fairfield Prep, which has a game left. They play. They play Louisiana and Delaware on Saturday, I believe. Right, they play a game. Um, so it, we'll see if the Darian's up on uh, Ridgefield side of the bracket or if they're they're elsewhere. Meanwhile, you got New Cannon sitting there in the sixth spot, and then Xavier, Staples, Ward, Newtown. Uh, so, I, you know, it's still kind of hard. There's still a few games rolling around out there, but, um, you know, that will be fascinating to look for. Uh, shifting over, shifting gears over to Class M, the way that's shaping up, obviously, new Fairfield 15-1. It's not that bad, I'm thinking, <laughs> which is a great all-time quote. That is pretty good. Waterford has a chance to actually tie them, uh, and I believe ugh, that's going to be – Waterford's playing Summers uh, today – um, and I believe at the moment, New Fairfield's only two ahead of them in the in the ratings, right. the tiebreak ratings. Um, so if Waterford can win that game, it's a possibility they could surpass New Fairfield, which is season is over for the for the top seed, which would be great. And then you got Weston sitting there; they've won nine straight. Uh, in Guilford, uh, they're sitting there; they've won four straight. And then Massick, Berlin, you know, Smith. Um, you know, I, again, I don't see anyone beating New Fairfield. They were impressive against Staples. We both saw that. What did you take? We talked about it's very strange. Like you said, Dick, we have a comment on Game Time CD. The guy's like, Mike, you don't ever, in so many words, you don't ever highlight. You have, you, are you mean Which to tell me? You mean to tell me you can't find one guy on the defense to highlight? And the answer there, and I responded to him, is it's so impossible to quantify. Defense. There, are, there are ways, but like you say, they don't show up in the box score. That's the problem. You know, Not in a high school box score. Right. You exactly. could do it. Cause turnovers, ground balls. You get a lot of those. If you can, if you can get those, that's fantastic. I mean, love the right. Love, I, and and let me throw it out there. I'd love to have it. If you guys yeah. have nominations for stuff like that and have some stuff like that that you can get me, please do because I'll, I'll definitely throw them in there. But um, uh, but yeah, it's tough sometimes. It you know, is, especially you know, sitting there going through Twitter accounts checking yeah. <laughs> checking to see nobody know, says some, anything some, about the defense. Somebody score five goals. Yeah, other I'm than if I get that, yeah. Other than somebody who goes, 
he played a really good game mm. at long pole. You know, at the, you know, D midi or, you know, whatever. Right. It's just, it's hard it's to quantify. Nice it really is. I mean, you know, all we do is get yeah. goals, we get shots, we get all offensive stuff. And the only thing that you can quantify for defense is the goalie. I think I wrote a story about the defenders a couple of years ago where you called them the anonymous, the anonymous guys. Yeah, you know, it's a thankless. The the, the it's engine a th- of the offense sometimes, but uh, but yeah, it's tough. It's a thankless job, mm-hmm. but not like that last week. Last week it was all defense. <laughs> Darian twelve four, and then you go up to uh, um, uh, New Fairfield. New Fairfield beats a good Staples team. Mm-hmm. What was it ten to one? One. They only scored one goal. I mean, and that was in a game against a Staples team whose goalie Tim Luciano was. I mean, was I, we talked about Brandon Hart, who was great. Luciano played even better. He was out of his board, out of his Fantastic. mind. Uh, he stopped some tremendous shots. You know, we put a, a an Instagram thing of uh, Hart there, but I I feel like I got to do Luciano a solid and help him. I mean, even the, the Staples coach uh, was afterwards was talking about. Listen, we're used to it because he that's him. He's one of the best goalies mm-hmm. in the state. And you, guys throw that around a lot, and he showed it. I, I was there's a lot of best goalies in the state. Unfortunately, I don't yeah. know how I'm going to pick the All State team. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but the Staples guy was he was. Luciano was really good for Staples. Um, you know, if he's on his game and they can get some, some consistent scoring, I guess Staples had has does have some injury problems. Yeah. That's yeah, that's Sequeira, That's that's really tough if he's out for the year. That's that's, a, that's a huge loss. Yeah, and it's a team that doesn't score a whole heck of a lot mm-hmm. as it is. Um, yeah, know. been very good defensively and obviously the goaltender as well. But uh, but yeah, like you say, not scoring a ton either. It was a great week for defenses. Uh, across the board. Um, before we even get to the uh, the state tournaments, we got a, we got all these league tournaments going on. So you have the FCAC tournament coming up, which is almost set. That's going to be on the quarterfinals begin Saturday, and you have the SWC, which starts Thursday night, which is tonight. Uh, which you're you're going to see? Uh, which game is that? I'm going to do uh, Massac Barlow the four five. It's a rematch of the other night. Actually, they played an overtime game that uh, that clinched the fourth seed for Massac, so it's back at uh, Benedict Field. Uh, you have the SEC yeah. tournament. Uh, Fairfield Prep pretty much dominated. Uh, it took a little while, but they dominated uh, 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 Hand down at the Surf Club to finish that up. Uh, you have Surging Brantford, which you talked about. They got in there in the SEC, huh? The Leonetti and crew. They did win in D2. I, I think I've been the kiss of death, haven't I? Yeah. Did, I did they? Yeah, they did lose last night. Sorry. Sorry, Brantford. I had sorry West Haven last week. but uh, Yeah. Yeah, that's it. I usually am the kiss of death. It's, yeah. <laughs> it's either the law of averages or the kiss of death, one or the other. I'm not sure. And then but, we, uh, yeah, yeah, Robbie Leonetti, you know, who we got to know in hockey season, uh, you know, played a fantastic year for the, for the Hornets in hockey, and you know, like uh, like Coach May said in the notebook, you know, a lot of those guys are, are are on this lacrosse team. That's that's kind of brought that that attitude to them as well. So it's fun to fun to see. I love when the you, you see the hockey guys, you know shine in lacrosse it just seems like a natural thing for them to do you know justin yep. hazard i think ot goal for glastonbury in this in the one the in the semifinals, and you know yeah there's so many there's other few, like, yeah. yeah there's so many guys oil and revival oh yeah yeah absolutely it seems like yeah. just a natural thing to go from the ice uh pick up a lacrosse stick um but yeah the fcac tournament yeah the swc the, the scc you also have the the ecc's i, I guess coming up uh, you know waterford's a team to watch there waterford actually going up to play summers tonight in an interesting cross cross uh conference game uh, versus the NCCC powerhouse um and then the NCCC comes up i believe that starts monday or tuesday um and we'll let uh, ken mccarthy talk a little bit about that uh, it, 
they have they have a coin flip. They split with Granby, and they got to have a coin flip for the top seed, and it's a three team tournament. So that's unfortunate. But hey, you know we'll we'll, we'll see. But it, but what we're really really concerned with here is the states. So and the way it shapes up, shapes up, you know. Darian is a heavy favorite, although I'm still very anxious to see uh, Ridgefield play New Canaan. I really want to see who's the best out of those two before we head into states. I hope that matches up. I believe it will um, in the in the FCAC. Uh, so uh, we'll we'll see. But obviously, Darian still is the, the the class of the of that league, and the, and then New Fairfield is going to be it's going to take a monumental effort to, to top them. And then when you get to Class S, it's uh, St. Joe and East Catholic played a pretty pretty uh, close game. I think St. Joseph won 9-6. What's up? And pretty good teams, pretty talented teams as well. Yeah, it's a it's it's a it's a fast class. S is a fascinating tournament, and you know, will we get Summers back? Will we get uh, St. Joe back in there, or there's going to be somebody new there? Uh, which happens so every so often in, in class S. You always you know you get a, a Waterford or. You get somebody in there that uh, you know isn't usually there, so it just depends on how the whole seating uh, uh, works out. And speaking of Class S, we're going to jump in with our guest this week, Summers Coach Ken McCarthy. Joining us on the show is, of course, the 26-year head coach of the Summers Boys Lacrosse Program. We're we're really excited to have them on. They are they have been the the standard bearer, especially in in lacrosse in Connecticut for. I mean, for a quarter century, which is hard to believe, and uh, and yet still nobody knows a whole heck of a lot of them until they show up at McMahon in their red jerseys and their flags and everything, and and they go, who the heck is this team <laughs> for all these guys? But the, in the lacrosse community, he's a he's a well known coach. He's in the Connecticut Hall of Fame. Uh, welcome, Ken McCarthy. How you doing? Hey, I'm doing great. Thanks for having me, guys. Oh well, thank you. Uh, are we coming in through? Okay, I know self service might not be great up there. <laughs> Or, or I don't know if you're on a landline or something, but I would... no, I can hear you. I'm on a cell. We we finally have cell phones in summers. Uh, <laughs> we're hoping to get running water, electricity soon. But uh, yeah, up in summers, I can hear you just fine. Those jokes, I'm sure, never get old, right? <laughs> no, no. Um, and when I especially when I went up there a couple weeks ago, uh, just you know, because I hadn't been and I I wanted to you know I wanted to catch up catch the team and I drove all up there and the jokes started flying. They're like, "Well, you came up to Cowtown Lacrosse, welcome." So it was nice. Yeah, yeah, we take pride in that, though. Yeah, you do. Um, so so tell me about uh, the team this year. Uh, you guys are chugging along. How many straight years? What is it? Twenty five straight uh, state tournament. This is going to be twenty five, right, or six? Yeah, our twenty fifth uh, uh, state tournament appearance. We were in before it was even a CIAC sport. Yeah. We had our own tournament, and it was still the same qualifications in order to be into it. And, uh, yeah, so we've been uh, we've been making the state tournament, our, our tournament, uh, every, every year. Um, and that's something that, uh, you know, we take, our kids take a lot of pride in, too. It's, uh, it's, just, it's just great. Yeah, you guys were there from, from right from the beginning, and uh, you know how how much has lacrosse in that area grown over the years? I mean, it must have been pretty easy back in the day, but now now you got all these teams running around uh, in the NHL. Well, it, it wasn't that easy. It wasn't that easy back in the day because when I first started in 1993, there were only 18 uh, teams in the state, and so in order for us to qualify, we used to have to play, you know, Glastonbury, oh wow, Simsbury. And uh, we would travel down and we would play uh, Staples 
And we, we play all over the place. We used to play um, Fairfield before they split into Ward and Ludlow. Oh, Fairfield wow, okay. High School had a team. Um, so it, it really wasn't that easy back then either because it, it was Division One, Division Two, yeah. And, um, you know, we had to play all those – all those big schools, we were the small, at the time, we were the smallest school in the state to have lacrosse. Um, and over the years, uh, you know, every year we'd had a few more teams, a few more teams, and there's been a, a recent uh, explosion in growth. And, you know, now when I first started, we were the only team in the league, the NCCC, we didn't have a league. So we, we uh, would kind of jump in with the, uh, back then it wasn't even the CCC, yeah. Uh, teams, but we would we would have our own. It was like the Will Hunter tournament um, at the end of the year before the states with with Glastonbury, Southington, Simsbury, Connard Hall, um, Summers, and and maybe another South Windsor, maybe. Um, but yeah, those those were the days back then. But uh, you know, with growth, it's you, a lot of opportunity comes, but uh, and also some challenges. So we've kind of embraced that over the years and. Uh, it's great to see, though, the game, um, you know, explode the way that it has. Yeah, and you guys have been still main, be able to maintain that then, that excellent. You won two state back-to-back state championships two years, uh, you know, a year and two years ago, and then last year you guys got back to the final. You lose to St. Joseph again. Um, so you guys have been, I mean, how many how many state titles have you won overall? Uh, five. Spartans have won right. five state championships. Okay. Yeah, but we've been there seven times. Yep. And uh, we're hoping to make it to number eight and and win number six this year. That that's our goal. How how does how does a, a town like Summers like how does lacrosse take root in a town like that? I mean, how does I mean you you can understand some other areas, but like in the in the hinterlands, I suppose you could say of Connecticut. How how does a lacrosse you know kind of take hold there? Well, we have a we have a good feeder program, um, which but you know what though a lot of towns have good feeder programs now, um, but over the years we we've been consistent. Um, I am fortunate that many of my former players give back to our youth association are now coaching in the youth association, so there's consistency there, um, and it's you know Summers is not a big town. We're we're a small town, and we're we're known for you know, soccer and, 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 and lacrosse yeah. and basketball is actually making a run now too. So, um, they had a good season last year, but you know, small town and, and just the sports are something that brings the community together. And, uh, we just take pride in, in what we do. How long has the program existed? Uh, Lee Penny started the program in 1980. Um, and I was fortunate to play for coach Penny in 1985 I, I grew up in ellington and we didn't have a team back then and uh he took me on the team as a senior probably violated some <laughs> rules back then but you know um i, I played for the summers team and, and fell in love with the, the town and the program and uh that's when i decided i wanted to be a coach and then in 93 coach penny stepped down to allow me to become the head coach and i ended up taking the teaching and coaching job in summers just for that purpose yeah and you weren't too long out of uh out of out of school out of springfield you went to springfield college right i went to springfield yeah and my first three years i coached in south hadley massachusetts okay right i was the first varsity coach at south hadley high school oh wow 
and they did pretty well there, didn't they? Yeah, we did. And, uh, you know, my three years, it was a difficult choice to leave because uh, my my third year, my top kids were juniors, and we had two losses all season, and they were to Longmeadow by, by uh, three goals each time we played them. So we were like, we were, we were knocking and, uh, it, it was tough to leave South Hadley, but, uh, my true love was with summer. So I, I don't uh, look back on that decision. Right. And, and, and away we go. I mean, it was, yeah, like you said, you, you, you were in the first, like, I think you were in the first two, uh, or maybe the fir- two of the first three CIC championships. And uh, and you guys have been to you know, seven. You're looking for eight. Uh, tell me about this year's team. You know, uh, wh- who did you guys lose last year? And, uh, you know, how have you been able to replace them? And who are the guys you count on? Yeah, it seems like every year we lose this this great group of seniors. And everyone's asking, oh, geez, what are you going to do next year? How are you going to recover from it? Um, you know, a couple of years ago, we, we graduated an All-American and Christian Paley. And another Division One player, Dominic Giacello. And then last year, we, we graduated Dante Giacello and Avery Foy mm-hmm. and, and Connor Roberts and Chris Allen and all these kids that, you know, everybody thought they were going to be tough to replace. But I, I have 12 seniors this year, and they, they've really stepped up, and they've gelled together as a team, and they're, they're passionate about – um, uh, you know, our, our, our sport and uh, our town and and uh, trying to uphold the tradition of excellence. And so far, they've done a great job. <clears throat> Tell me about some of your, your, your players. I mean, uh, obviously, I got to see Riley. Riley Bergmeier. Bergmeier. Riley, yeah. Got to see Riley Bergmeier play. He, he did not disappoint. No, he's going to your alma mater, so that's great. Um, you know, tell me about him and, uh, you know, some of the other guys you're, you're counting on. Yeah, Riley's uh... – yeah, he was an all-state uh, player last year, um, and we're fortunate to return him. And he's uh, he can play midi, he can play attack. Um, he's just a strong left-handed um, dodger shooter, finisher, everything. Uh, he does it all for us, uh, but he doesn't do it alone, which is great. Mm-hmm. Timmy Lynch is my other lefty attackman. He's uh, going to play a Bentley next year, and. Uh, He's got a ton of assists, very, very uh, unselfish player, would rather make the extra pass than take the shot, and you need guys on your team like that every year. Um, I have a, a big midi in Colin Watt. Um, he's going to, pretty sure he's going to University of New England to play lacrosse mm. next year. Um, he's had some big games for us, and he's had a couple games where he's had six goals in a game. He's just, when he's on, he's just unstoppable. Um I have um, a, a couple defensemen, actually a bunch of senior defensemen, who uh, um, really help us out. Uh, Andrew Golden is going to go to Eastern. He's our he's our LSM, mm. along with Peyton Emmerich, who's going to Dean. Um, Chris Skalski is a senior. Um, he maybe trying out walk trying to walk on at the at Sacred Heart next year. Um, and Patrick Massimeri, another senior defenseman, doing a good job. And then we have some role players like Andre Goulet, um, Garrett Pruden, and uh, our bag, even our backup goalie, uh, Chase Riley. Just all great character, outstanding kids. Um, 
hard workers. And, uh, you know, another, the third attackman is another senior, John Bernier, who's going to go to Eastern to play next year. So I, I have kids who are planning to go on and play at the next level. And uh, they've worked hard to get themselves to be able to be at that level. And that certainly helps the team. You, you talked about you had two lefty attackmen on your team. Um, you know, mm-hmm. what kind of advantage does that give give you guys, uh, you know, when you play other teams? I mean, you get a lot of that? You get a lot of lefty kids? I, I, don't, I just don't know. Yeah, well, I think this is the first year I've had uh, two lefty attackmen. Um, you know, being a small school, a small town, you know, we're, we're, we're thankful we have one left good lefty attackman. Um, but, but this year we have two, we have a, you know, a strong righty and John Bernier and, um, and, and AJ Bartley's another right-handed guy. So they all complement each other. So I have four solid attackmen, uh, two right-handed, two, two left-handed and, and uh, a freshman who's on varsity or a righty who's also pretty good too, if he needed to step in. So we're, we're solid at that, but you know, having two lefty attackmen, we can run our fast break a little different way. We can you know, push from X to the other side. Um, it ha- certainly helps us on, on man up because we have, we have shooters everywhere. Um, it, it's, it's nice to have. And, and Riley, you know, I call him an attackman, but you know, he can also play midfield too. Um, so, so that helps us. We're versatile. So, so um, I, if I could just throw a, sure. throw my, my face off. Oh yeah. Junior, go ahead. The junior, uh, Zach Hojanowski is uh is a student of the game um it's worked very hard in the off season on facing off um he's also he's not a fogo he doesn't have to come off uh when he wins a face off he can go stay on and create offense for us um in our six on six play too and that that certainly helped us you know he's a junior i also have a a, a junior goalie our starter uh, billy heller and he's had a, a fantastic year for us too and you know, those are the two positions, face-off and goalie, that, you know, great teams need to be strong in those two positions as well. And we feel like, you know, we may not be A-plus in those positions, but we're, we're, we're definitely A-minus and, and maybe even an A in those two positions. So um, the, both of those guys in the specialty areas are doing a great job. And we also have some depth at goal, too. I have a senior... Uh, Chase Riley, who's our, our backup, and, and, and he's pretty strong too and created some competition in the goalie position for us, and, and that certainly helps too. What What's your style? Do you, guys, do you like to push? I mean, it seemed like uh, in the Connor game you were down, I think, two or three goals, and, you know, you guys are starting to win face-offs, and the next thing you know you guys are up five goals, which I thought was impressive. Um, but, I mean, is there a style you like, Coach? I mean, I only saw yeah, yeah, we like to run and gun. We yeah. like to push it. The scores like reflect it. it. <laughs> yeah, we like to just jam it down your throat. And and that comes from having a strong defense with excellent stick skills. Mm. My defensive coach, Andrew Slater, does a phenomenal job with our long poles and uh, – um, they can handle the ball. They can, they can uh, shoot the ball. They can run with the ball. They, they push transition. So a lot of our goals are, are uh, you know, initiated with our defense, you know, putting the ball on the ground, coming up with the ball, and just running up the field. And our, our defensemen do shooting drills with us. And, and you know, sometimes I, I joke with our kids. I'm like, all right, listen, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put six poles on man up. Um, just to, just to get our offensive guys to recognize and appreciate 
uh, how well and how hard our long poles shoot the ball. So our style is is definitely run and gun. Let's let's push it. Let's run it down your throat. And uh, if if we don't score, then we're going to ride hard and we're going to get the ball back and we're going to do it again. So eventually, the uh, if we get so many opportunities, they're they're going to add up. How does this? How does how do, small school? How do you guys compete? I mean, is, is it is it strictly the youth program? The, the amount of enthusiasm there is for it in town. Um, you know, I mean, obviously you have all these. I saw Connor. You know, you play Connor. You play. Uh, you play all the biggies. Um, you know, and how do you just? You know, it's how many kids are in the school? It's like what? Well, we have I think a little over four hundred kids, okay, which isn't bad. Which is actually pretty four, good. Four four hundred, but I mean, like, what's Connor? Connor's more than double that. But, yeah. <laughs> Uh, even Granby is a lot more who's in our league and in our class a lot more, but, you know, we share our athletes, you know, a lot of the kids that I just mentioned are our seniors are not just lacrosse players. They play soccer, they play basketball, they wrestle, um, they run cross country or, or whatever. So they're, they're multi-sport athletes. Um, and you know, some schools look at it as that, that could be a disadvantage, but we have to share our kids and our athletes and uh, we make it our advantage. Um, and you, you talk about the, 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 the youth program in town. I, I actually, when I left your, when I left the school the other day, um, you know, I drove by and there they all were all out. It was like packed fields. Uh, and they were playing lacrosse there. And, and uh, yeah, it's just, they must do a tremendous job there to get you all these good players. Yeah, it's great to see. Um, yeah, every night I drive home uh, from practice, and I'll go by the firehouse, and I'll see a youth game going on. And I just, you know, many times, even if I have stuff to do at home, I, I got to pull in and go watch for a little bit because I just love what I see. And it's great seeing our my my players are certified. You, I don't know how many, but there's mm. probably at least ten of my guys. Are certified youth lacrosse officials. Oh wow! So and they don't they don't always just serve summers too. My guys may have games over in Ellington or or, or wherever, and they're they're certified officials, and that's just how much they love the sport and they're passionate about it. And uh, it's great to go see my kids officiate the younger kids playing. So it's nice. So. <clears throat> So uh, uh, you guys are uh, you're getting down to the, you have your final game tonight. It gets a pretty good water Waterford team when this is being recorded. This is Thursday, so uh, uh, you got a pretty good water te- town team. Water town Waterford team, Waterford. yeah, Waterford team coming in, and then you go uh, into the NCCC, which uh, is, is I believe a three team tournament, and there might be a little bit of a, an issue there because you guys lost to Granby, right? Yeah, we split with Granby, um, but first let's let's talk about Waterford first. Sure. And they're fourteen and one. They're fourteen and one um, in Class M. Uh, we're fourteen and one, the top seed in Class S. Win or lose, we'll still be the um, the, the the number yeah. one team in Class S for the tournament. Um, but uh, I told the kids last night this game could not come at a better time. This is perfect for us because it, it's a win-win. If um, you know, if, if we're, we're fortunate enough to win today, we can we can uh, really build on the things that we do well, and I'm sure we're going to need to fix a few things. Um, and if, if we don't win today, it doesn't really hurt us at all, and it's definitely going to make us work harder to get 
to get better for our NCCC tournament and then the state tournament after that. So this game today is uh, it's kind of like a gift. Mm. Um, we're, we're very excited about it. We're up for the challenge. Now, we saw Waterford in the state tournament, uh, not last year, but the year before, and uh, we beat them pretty good. But um, I'm sure there's some of those kids are still on the team and they'd love to, to come up and, and stick it to us today. Um, so we're, we're excited about the challenge. And as far as the NCCC tournament goes, yeah, we split with Granby um, in the regular season. That's our one loss this year. So because there's three teams, the two and three seed, seeded team will play and the one gets a bye. And uh, the athletic directors are doing a coin flip, I believe, this afternoon to uh. – um to, to to do the seating so a coin we'll flip. see whatever Ugh. happens happens if we have to play a game on monday to play granby on wednesday that's that's fine um if uh we get the buy on on monday we'll we'll get a nice little scout uh, again and uh get to play on wednesday Take me back, actually, to that, to that that second Grand game. You guys smoked pretty good in the first meeting. I mean, it was it was not. It didn't seem close. Just looking at the scores, and you guys were just rolling out right along. All of a sudden, they they uh, they come in again, and and it was it was a battle. Um, you know what? You know, tell, tell, what was the difference between the two games? Was it a, something you guys like? Well, we beat these guys. You know, no problem type of a deal, or or what? No, not at all. I okay. mean, you look at the scoreboard, you. you you may say that we smoked them the first time. We did. Granby's a good team, and they're able to score a lot of goals in a hurry. Um, we we happened to be on that day and maybe had a few lucky breaks. Um, and, uh, you know, the score, it, the game was closer than maybe the score indicated. Um, just because both teams did a lot of really good things that day, and we just happened to, you know, put the ball in the net. Um, a little easier than than they did but if you look at the game in general just you know up and down the field and and things that happened in the middle of the field and clearing and riding it was it was a, it was a closer game we expected a tough game from Granby at our place we did not play our best um but um you know hats off and credit to them their coaches did a really good job preparing for us and like you say, you, you lose a game, it makes you work work a lot harder. I'm not saying that we didn't work hard. We we certainly work hard, and we scout everybody and we prepare for everybody. But um, they they had a they had a, a a really good game plan and they executed well, and we just came up short. We had an opportunity in overtime. We had a man up situation, mm -hmm. and uh, you know a shot hits the goalie's foot or hits the pipe. Uh, you know if it didn't do that, you know we would we'd be 15 and 0 right now. But it didn't happen, and uh, to their credit, they they got their opportunity on offense, and they they stuck one in in overtime. So yeah, um, um, that's okay though. That's okay, and that's I, I'm thankful for Granby in our league because it's it's good to have great competition. We don't want to beat everybody in the league 18 to three. That's not good for us. It's not good for the other team. But when you get um, you know two teams like Summers and Granby and you never know who's going to win, whoever plays the best that day or has the best game plan or, or you know, has the kid who gets hot and uh, is on fire, who's unstoppable, then, you know, that's the team that's going to win. So um, that's what makes it exciting. That's what makes it fun. You look at college lacrosse, it's kind of the same thing. You yeah. It doesn't matter, you know, A beats B, B beats C, C beats A. And, 
it's kind of uh, refreshing to have that in our league a little bit. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I should say you didn't. I, I, I'm, I was absolutely wrong that you guys. I, I'm looking at another score here. 1911 was the final score in that game. So yeah, you could totally see that's not like it wasn't like 18 to three, which is seems to be your your favorite score against some of these schools. <laughs> Canton, you beat 18 to three. Ellington, you beat 18 to three. Last night, you beat Rockville Stafford 18 to three. So when you so you know it's consistent there, but. Um, so that made you guys, uh, you know, made you guys kind of refocus basically. What did you say the, the day after or the day of, I said, we need to get, I said, we need to get back to work. And, and it wasn't even the day after it was, uh, that night, the, the, the few minutes after the game, it's like, we got to put this behind us and, and get back to work and get better and, and focus on the fundamentals. Um, which we've done to our kids credit. They have done that. They, uh, they're uh, doing a really good job. I'm, I'm so proud of my team. Um, you know, <clears throat> not to look too too far ahead, but you know, obviously, you, you look at the standing in Class S. You guys are sitting pretty in the in the number one spot, um, but you know, that's not really conducive to it. I guess you look at some of the other teams in there, and they're all pretty good. I mean, it's a really really strong tournament. Um, you know, what's it going to take to get back? to the to a state final i mean obviously that's the goal every year uh you know what's it going to take to get back yeah um well i just go back to your comment about the uh, the strong teams in class s we we uh, after practice earlier this week we went out and we watched uh east catholic and st joe's and both of those teams yeah. are very good they have some you know d1 caliber players on their team and you know both of those teams are really good um you know, St. Joe's being an FCAC and having to play the, you know, the Wiltons and the Darians of the world, um, their their record of nine and five is really not indicative of how good they are. They're a very good team. Right. Um, you know, St. Paul Catholic, who will be the number two seed, um, you know, they're putting up some impressive numbers and a lot of points. Uh, Bacon Academy's very strong. Granby's strong. Um so there's there's a lot of competition in class s and uh you know there's there's years times in the past where we've made it look easy getting to the final but (laughs) it's really not that easy and um you know every year everyone's holding their breath to see you know where we get what what side of the bracket are we going to be on are the catholic schools going to be in our bracket or are they going to be in the other side and you know have to play a public school to get to the state championship um, that's what everybody's looking at. We have no control over that. Um, we could probably try to start to figure that out now, but I, I, I don't play that game. I'll, I'll wait until the seedings come out next week and see where it is. And if you're going to win a state championship, you, you have to be the best and you have to beat everybody anyway. So um, that really doesn't matter. Um, it's going to take a lot of work. It's going to take uh, usually like a little bit of luck. Um, we have to stay healthy. Um, that's, that's always my main concern being a small school and, um, you know, relying on our, our players. We don't have a, a, a ton of, uh, depth, although this year we probably have more depth than we've had in most recent years, but, um, we want to stay healthy. We want to just play our best lacrosse and, you know, we talk about the state championship, but really our, our ultimate goal, we just want to be practicing on the very last day of the year and play in the very last game of the year because, our kids love each other so much. They just don't want our season to end. And, and as great as it is to say you're champs and, you know, have the sweatshirt or the hat or the jacket or whatever, I think what's more important to our kids is that we get to 
come out and extend our season and be together for as long as possible. Like you said, you look at look at the the term every year. I mean, you got the small the small Catholics, and they seem like they're getting better every year. I mean, St. Paul is, is has done really well, and he's like he's Catholic has done really well. You know, how do you how does a small school navigate that? Um, I, we I, we just have to show up and play our best lacrosse. There's really nothing that we can do about them now. Um, you know they are they are getting better and they're they're finding ways to to get better and stay competitive every year and and we just need to do the same thing we just need to keep working hard focus on the fundamentals um, and just have the best chemistry too a lot of times if you get you get kids from all different towns and maybe they're really good maybe they're they're superstars or whatever and it's it's great but i think our chemistry what maybe we lack in say individual talent we make up for with uh you know collective talent i mean is that tough though i mean going up against those those schools i mean is that something you you, you like i mean you guys have done really well i mean let I me mean, let's be honest you guys have done really well against i mean it doesn't have the same type of effect maybe like it does in football or, or maybe basketball um at least not yet um you know how, how do you what do you think about that yeah i mean i personally i'd like to see them all in their own tournament right um I, I just it's hard for me to explain to my kids and my parents why we have to go up and play a team that can get kids from you know many different towns. Um, but right now there's there's nothing we can do about mm-hmm. it. So we just have to we have to compete. Will we be able to compete with them forever? I I don't think so coming up. I, right. I really don't think so. Uh, and something I think needs to change. And I hope the CIAC will take a look at that. And uh, like they do in other sports, put them in the appropriate classes for tournament. Right. I mean, you don't see that type of what I was saying. I mean, other than St. Joe, really, I mean, you've seen some of the other ones get in there. But other than St. Joe, you don't see that type of dominance where it's we, where it gets to the tipping point where there's a, all right, now there's a problem. Like in, in boys basketball, when you have class S schools, you know, like uh, let's say Lomogo playing like, you know, Immaculate or something crazy like that. But like Ross hasn't got to that tipping point yet, but you can see it down the road, as you just mentioned. Right. Well, someone, someone said it to someone, uh, a liaison from our coach association who was with the CAC put it best. He said, you know what, coach, you're a victim of your own success because you, make it to the final four of the state championship consistently, then nobody's going to see it as a problem. But if say St. Joe's East Catholic and St. Paul and, you know, one other Catholic school are in the final four this year, maybe the rest of the small public schools will say, Hey, all right, let's, let's do something. Maybe they'll look at it there, but yeah. um, I don't know if we've made enough noise yet. and Maybe it hasn't been a problem yet, but you know, even if we're not there, you know, Granby or Bacon Academy or somebody should have a chance. Right. Um, you know, one of those teams or, you know, even in Ellington, Ellington's had good, good teams in the past and they'd have to run up against a, uh, one of those teams and, and get blown out in the tournament. Right. So um, I don't know. I, ho- I hope change will come so far. We've been OK. We've been able to weather that. But uh, for how much longer? Who knows? Right. You know, I take I just take one year, one 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 game at a time, and uh, you know I, I'm just concerned about Waterford right now, and then I'll be concerned about our next game after that. But at some point, you have to sit down and look at the big picture and say, hey, what's what's going to be best for the kids, and what's going to be what's going to be fair for right. everybody. 
seems like that's something that just the whole state just grapples with on a yearly basis and just hasn't really reached lacrosse yet. That's kind of like what, it, but I can definitely see it. You know, you can see because there's so many good ones now. You know, you didn't see, you didn't really see much from St. Paul until a few years ago, and same with the East Catholic. And so, you know, I guess uh, yep. you just kind of deal with it. I mean, you guys have dealt with it well. I mean, last year you lost to St. Joe 11-6 in the final, but the year before that you navigated through it. You beat Waterford in the final 19-5. Year before that you did beat St. Joseph pretty handily too, 14-8, uh, which was impressive. Um, you know, and uh, so you've got that was had... very satisfying. Yeah, right. was <laughs> yeah very, very. Satisfying. I was about to ask you: Is there a championship that really stands out, and is that one of them? <laughs> um, that that certainly was one of them. But they're they're all they're, they were all pretty special. Um, in two thousand six, when we won the state championship, it was the first ever Class S state championship. Right. In oh six, we had to beat St. Joe's in. Uh, in the semifinal game, and they were a powerhouse that year. I scouted them in one of their tournament games before, and they they beat Tolland by like 22 goals or something. Oh, right. I was like, oh my God, how are we going to find a way to compete with this with this team? And we were fortunate to beat them like 12-8, and we went on to the state championship and beat Fairfield Ludlow that year in a low scoring like yeah. six to three game. Um, um, but they're all, all of the state championships are, are, are pretty satisfying. And I have to say, I've had some really good teams in the past that, you know, when we were in division one, division two, before the class S state tournament, um, you know, we had some really good teams and we'd be in division one, um, because we had one division two, two years in a row, they bumped us up to division one and we, we'd have a good season like we did this year, and then we'd have to go down and play Wilton in Wilton <laughs> in the right. state tournament or, or, uh, or Fairfield Prep or somebody like that. And uh, uh, I had some pretty good teams back then, too, that didn't win state championships. Yeah. So. What was the best team that didn't win its title? Uh, probably in uh, uh, 2005. 2005, I had uh, I had a bunch of kids who uh, went on to play in college that year, and that was the year before we we went to the Class S. We were we were Division One then, and uh, we ended up losing to Hand um, in a in a state tournament game, and they ended up going on to the final, and I think they lost. But but Hand had had a defenseman going to Virginia, and they had another kid going somewhere else. And, they were powerhouse, and that was like a seven-six type of game that we came up short. But that was a that was a really good team. Yeah, oh five was they they beat you eleven seven. They were the four seed. You guys were the five. They get they actually lost in the semis that year, but still. No semi. Um, okay. So okay. you guys are in the quarter. Well, it was a one goal game until. Uh, yeah, that's right. It was a one goal game until uh, 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 Kyle Gable got hurt, and then uh, we lost a kid, and then ended up they ended up pulling away at the end. But yeah. How'd, was, you end, uh, how'd you end up in Division One that year? <laughs> or how many? Well, how we many? had been in we had been in Division One since '97. Okay. We won the state championship in '96 and '97, and then they they said, "Okay, you won it twice. You're in Division One now." Yeah. And then that's when we'd have to go and and, and you know play the Wiltons of the world. Uh, one year Greenwich came up to play us in the state tournament. Uh, we had a better record, so they had to travel up to us, and they weren't. Weren't too happy. The kids got off the bus and asked if they were in Canada. (laughs) 
Oh, I get a kick out of that, especially when hearing it from Greenwich, man. <laughs> You're not quite in Canada. Listen, it's a beautiful place. I, I was, I, I, it's beautiful up there. You guys, I mean, I'm sure it's changed over the years. It's got a nice complex. You got the hit rolling hills. You drive up. The, it's a beautiful drive. If anyone has a chance, go up there. It's it's gorgeous up in up in summers and really nice underappreciated area of Connecticut. I would have to say, pretty much. I mean, you've lived there. Thank you. That's life. nice of you to say. Yeah, that's very nice of you to say. Thank you. Um, I mean, just just though it's gorgeous. It really is, and and we can make jokes about it all all we want. But you know, it's a beautiful. It looks like a really beautiful place. I was really struck by that. And there's a lot of history there too, as well. Like, and I saw like uh, the old firehouse on my way back. I kind of just drove around town for a little bit. And, it was just beautiful. So, yeah. um, okay. Well, coach, uh, we uh, we appreciate you having having us on. It sounds like you got another strong team this year. Um, you know, I, I, I as I just said, uh, I recommend everyone if you get a chance, you love lacrosse. Obviously, you get up there and, and check out uh, Summers. It's really you know, it's Connecticut, guys. It's not that far away. I mean, it's not <laughs> it's not Canada. They're not playing box lacrosse. I mean, they're not you know. It's 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 real, man. It's not that far. It's right off the highway. You get up to like Windsor Locks area, and you just take a right, and next thing you know, you're there. So, uh, if you ever get a chance, they're gonna be playing the N Triple C coming up. Whether whether they end up the the, the two seed or the one seed, we'll find out today at some point after this broadcast. Um, but coach, we really appreciate you having uh, coming on, uh, especially on uh, short notice. Uh, and uh, I'm 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 excited to see what you guys are all about in the state tournament. Well, thank you very much, John. I, I appreciate it. It's been my pleasure to be on and, and to talk about lacrosse and talk about my team and my kids. Um, it's really been a thrill to be on this podcast. So so thank you. Yeah, I, I appreciate it. Good luck tonight and, uh, and good luck uh, in the tournament. Sounds good. All Take right, care. Coach. Thanks. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. So, Mike, that was Ken McCarthy, the uh, head coach of Summers, and they're just there every year. And so this is a good time to – as any to, to get him on he's done so much for for lacrosse just statewide um and uh what they've done up there you know 25 straight uh, tournaments is nothing to sneeze at for by any stretch of the imagination they're always there they're always tough and he looks like he's got a pretty good team this year sure sounds like it yeah and uh you know you saw riley bergmeyer i mean that's the guy that everybody yeah talks about but it's not just him, like you said. Absolutely. Yeah, it's not just him. They they, they take pride in, in what they do there. They share the ball. You know, again, they were down against Connard. Uh, I think it was three to one, um, or four to one. It was a three goal deficit, and they came roaring back. And before you could, you knew it. It was it was ten to five. So uh, you know, they're obviously really dangerous, and and you know, they're getting a look at who's who and what's what. I mean, you obviously have St. Paul sitting there in class as you have East Catholic. Again, like I said about that. Uh, you know, it, lacrosse hasn't hit that tipping point where you're like, all right, now we got to do something here. I mean, I hate to to say that's what's what it's gonna take. I mean, in on its face, I don't think it's fair that a team like Connor, uh, Connor, that a team like Summers, um, plays Catholic schools in Class S. You don't like to see Catholic schools dom like the small. I mean, they have small schools, but it, they get guys from wherever. I mean, but it hasn't reached lacrosse hasn't reached that football point yet, or bad, or bad, not even basketball by any stretch of the imagination yet. But I mean, even yeah, like like you said, even uh, you know, maybe they are a victim of of their own success. I mean, that as long as summers it seems like summers keep winning class S, there, there's going to be no problem. There's going to be no change. Yeah, I mean, it's. <laughs> It's tough, you know. There, there's, there's always going to be somebody unhappy, even if you want, you know, like a one, two, three. Yeah. You know, somebody's going to be stuck in that spot where 
you know, where they probably are better than they wind up being just because of who they run up against. It's it's. I don't envy the people who have to put that all together. I, I actually <laughs> no. tried a couple of years ago when when Darian and Duquesne were still in separate divisions. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you, when they both won state titles, and it's like, well, why aren't we getting that one more game? You know, I tried to do like a one, two, three in lacrosse, and it was really, really tough to try to classify these teams because one 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 of those tournaments was always going to have about fifty teams in the in the playoffs, and yeah. it wasn't going to work. So yeah, it was nice that New, that Darian. And New Canaan got moved up. Um, I mean, I will say this for 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 Summers. I think if it was if you took out St. Joe, if you took out East Catholic, if you took out St. Paul, if you took out the Catholics, mm. I think it would just be like a it would be like a Darien esque runaway for them for Summers. And maybe that's what they deserve. Maybe that's what they. Maybe that's listen. Summers has got a great program, and maybe that's what. Uh, that Summers deserves that that type of thing. They don't I mean that again. They don't. They're playing. <laughs> they're playing schools where they can get anybody from anywhere. Um, but you know, if you look at it, at least it's it's competitive. They're not running away with it. We, there's some doubt about who is winning the state championship there, and uh, and I think there's something to be said about having a little bit of suspense. I mean, if you look at Class L, you look at Class M, you're pretty much like. I mean, unless we get a, a Ridgefield upset again. Which I, I would not bet. I would not bet uh, on that, uh, especially not after you know last year. I, those I'm sure it's stuck in those guys' craw about that. So uh, you know, I personally would like to see Division One, Division Two. I would like to see it's 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 a hockey. I still think I think it's a hockey style. Mm. You know, I mean, I don't think Summers ever would belong in Division I, a, a Division One. It a makes division. Like, in the three. Well, yeah. I don't know. I mean, I, again, that's where you run into the trouble. I mean, they're they're a really good program. Who's there every year? Who does good things and can compete with some of these guys? Do they belong in Division One, where they're probably not going to win a championship? That's yeah, that's a tough thing to tell them. But ah, uh, I mean, look, yeah. Uh, again, there's it's hard. Yeah, it, 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 it is really hard. Um, so, um, so we reach conference championship season. I mean, le- I mean, let's be honest. It's it's not as big a deal. I mean, maybe the FC FCAC is obviously a big deal. But the rest of them, it's, this doesn't feel like as big a deal as, uh, you know. Who are you, what, Pete? Huh? Who are you, Pete? Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, obviously. Our, we don't. We our, don't, we don't buddy Pete Pagwaga. Yeah, we don't take. like conference tournaments. And uh, he's very I, angry about them generally. Yeah. But anyway. Yeah. I, well, I'm not Pete because we don't have our show broadcast from a, a local establishment. Yeah, so. we got to work on that. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, you know, time's are running out. Anybody wants to uh, invite us out, please let me know. Um, we only got about two shows left or three shows mm-hmm. left, if that. But, you know, everyone, everybody every year looks forward to the FCAC tournament. And some people yeah. might even say it's even better than this. It's even more important than the state championship. Especially the FCAC people. Yeah. But with, with Ridgefield, with Darian, with New Canaan in the Class L tournament, uh, I think that's kind of – when you had the split, when you had right. New Canaan and M and Darian up in, up in L – or even when they were both just an M and you had some of the other schools, it just, it, it, it's better this way. So, I mean, it's not as big a deal as it used to be, although it's still a big deal when the FCAC championship. Darian's going for its sixth in a row, which would be unprecedented. Nobody has won six straight. Wilton, as you note in the poll this week, Mike, Wilton won the first five FCAC championships, and then, uh, you know, it's been back and forth. You know, you throw some cannons in there, you know, Darian goes, goes on a few runs, but then no one's ever won six straight. 
and Darian will have a chance to do that when they uh, they head into that tournament this weekend. By the time we come back, we'll, we will have just wrapped up the conference championships, and uh, we're going to get a little bit of a look. We're going to get a look at the uh, the state tournament draws uh, for for next week. So uh, let's get out of here. We got a lot of we got a long weekend ahead of us. We got FCX, we got SWCs, we got a long weekend, and, uh, and I'm excited. So, so uh, we're called that a podcast for Michael Fortabio. I'm Sean Patrick Bowley. This has been the Long Stick Podcast on Game Time CT. Thank you very much. <laughs>